Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! So in this podcast, we always discuss things about musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Fun Home. Alright, so for this one, there isn't actually much of a synopsis. It's essentially about the um, cartoonist Alison Bechdel and her relationship growing up with her dad. Um, And this is pretty much all we can say for the synopsis without spoiling things, so we'll keep you to that. Interestingly, though, have you ever heard of Alison Bechdel before? Nope. Have you ever heard of the Bechdel test? Nope. All right. I know we discussed this already amongst themselves, but I tried asking, like, my brother and sister as well if they knew about the Bechdel test yesterday, and neither of them knew about it. So I guess it's less famous than I thought. (laughs) But yeah, I guess uh, I definitely heard about a Bechdel test before this, and this was mainly my initiation to the musical. Um, So for those of you who don't know, the Bechdel test is kind of like to test how how female characters in fictions are portrayed. So it's like really simple. All you have to do is there have to be at least two women in the scene. They have to talk to each other about something, and that's something they talk about has to be anything besides men. And I guess a caveat to that, they also have to be a named character, so they can be, like, throwaway characters. Yeah, very simple test, but apparently, like, half of film don't pass it. So Interesting. <laughs> that's encouraging. So, yeah, that's that's my initiation to this. And apart from that, I also listened to one song from this musical beforehand, and I didn't like it. That, uh, that song was Changing My Major. I I heard other people rave about it in the musical theater scene and like subreddits and whatever, but I haven't really taken the time to listen to this up up until now. And I'm guessing it's much of the same for you, Claire. So um, we're coming into it pretty blind. Definitely. No history (laughs) with this musical whatsoever. I didn't even know about this musical until you brought this up to me. Yeah, the only reason I think that I knew about it besides like uh, it talks about the life of the inventor of the Bechdel test is because it won a bunch of Tonys. So if I'm not mistaken, it won like five Tonys, including the best musical for, wow. um, was it 2015 or something? It's pretty recent. And there was another podcast I follow. Um, it's called Gilmore Guys. And I think they went to see it there as well. And I was like, oh, they might have pretty good judgment because they liked Hamilton. But yeah, yeah. I guess we will talk about our final thoughts in the end. <laughs> Alright, so let's just jump into it. So the first opening song is It All Comes Back. So we see Alison Bechdel um, move a bunch of boxes and she finds a ring of keys which seems to spark some kind of a memory in her. So then we cut to see young Alison uh, implore her father to play Airplane with her and her father is currently really occupied with sorting through neighbors' discarded belongings. Um, in search for like interesting treasures and like some kind of interesting unique items among all the rest of the trash. So um, adult Allison reflects on her memories and expresses disbelief that she didn't only keep the items that um, her father got, she also draws cartoons which uh, apparently her dad would not approve of. So uh, this is the opening. What are your thoughts? Musically, it's not much, mm-hmm. I find, but narratively, there's a lot of things happening. To me, this opening is very interesting because it's basically the only time we as audience are shown with Bruce being a pretty good father. And throughout the whole show, he does 
increasingly worse things. I think like shouting at um, his children, like neglecting his marriage, and obviously cheating on his wife and that that kind of thing. Um, but because we were shown in the beginning, like how sweet he could be right at the beginning of the show, he, to me at least, always kind of remains somewhat sympathetic in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way of putting us in Allison's shoes and make us understand why she's pretty desperate to have closure with him. And we can't just be like, oh, he's a terrible person and then just move on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it captures that, not love-hate, but like that very complicated feelings toward a father pretty accurately. I can relate to that sort of feeling. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that kind of feeling is that you sometimes love some part of your dad or like whichever your parents can be or like whatever family that could be. But at the same time, like they can hurt you pretty badly too. So that kind of complicated relationship, I think, was more easily understood um, because of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. I What I like about a song is, first of all, I want to say the musically is actually pretty nice. I had no complaints. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I really like that the, the I want to play airplane uh, refrain they have there because it also shows up in the end. And I think it's a it's a really nice way, especially since throughout the show, they talk a lot about geography. Um, they have another song called Map. Um, she reflects, Allison reflects on the, the change in her father in terms of the geographical impact that he has and we also discussed like you know him going to Germany serving as a soldier and um being from a small town which is one of the first thing we actually hear about Allison and her father so um I really like that they have that here I also think it showcases their personality pretty well not necessarily Allison's but definitely her dad because he's very taken by his junk and he still manages to find something really impressive and uh, treasure-like in some of the items. So you can see he's very discerning, but he's also very dedicated to his craft. And to the extent that he might even forget a little bit about Allison, who is really demanding his attention. In the end, he does relent and he plays airplane with her. Um, but for you know 75% of the song, he's really occupied by what he wants and his own desires. And you know his occupation around... The, with the house so I think it's a very good characterization of him it's not necessarily a great characterization of Allison I think because her being very demanding is not something that I detect throughout the rest of the musical personally so throughout the musical you would see three Allisons you would see the young Allison which you see here you see the adult Allison which you've already seen and you also will see a medium Allison who's like college age and in my opinion the young Allison or the young Allison scenes were my favorite so I liked to see the interaction between the two of them and I also like to see the um, adult Allison the present day Allison interject sometimes Um, it just characterizes the show very well from the first opening it's about a girl and her dad and her relationship to the dad and it's really like encapsulated in the very end when she said like oh my dad and I were nothing alike. And then she says other captions like, my dad and I were nothing alike, but this, or we were exactly alike. Um, so it's always a comparison. So it does a job actually very well as an opening number, in my opinion. Agree. Um, yeah. Did you like any, like the airplane part? I don't know if you played airplane with your dad, where it's definitely something that I experienced. It was a lot of fun. I think I did. But to be very honest, I don't have a lot of, 
memorable memories um, <laughs> from my interaction with my dad when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can remember briefly that it happened, but it's not some profound memory. What about you? I mean, yeah, I remember like playing airplane, um, especially like I played with my sister a lot of the time. So he would put like me on one foot and my sister on another foot and we would do oh, it together. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was really, he really likes um, like exercising, I guess. So maybe viewed it as a good exercise or something. So yeah, I, I just, uh, it's just funny that like, it's pretty universal. So like I played in Israel, like they played here in North America, you play in Taiwan. So it's it's a very universal thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also a very relatable thing because it's so universal. Exactly. All right. So from there, we um, will probably compound the next two. So it's sometimes my father appeared to enjoy having children. And the next one is welcome to our house on Maple Avenue. So after the scene, um, we hear that sometimes my father appeared to enjoy having children, but the real object of his affection was this house. And this house is the house they live in. So Allison's father get a call from a member of the historical society who is interested in viewing the house. And the entire family frantically tries to organize the house exactly to um, Allison's father's, whose, uh, whose name is Bruce, liking to avoid conflict and to please him before the member of the historical society comes to inspect and photograph the house. Welcome to our house on Maple Avenue. See how we polish and we shine. We rearrange and realign. Everything is balanced and serene. Like chaos never happens if it's never seen. Every need we anticipate and So, any thoughts? I guess in this song, I really like how they managed to give the mom a bigger role. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of my own mom, to be honest. Yeah. Because she's also has very specific needs of like how everything should be organized in the song. Like when she is ordering like children to put this there, put this here, like clean this, do that. Like it's just so relatable because I feel like every kid would have that. But doesn't she do it on the father's behalf? So, like, the reason why she's saying this is because this is exactly how your father wants it to be. And not necessarily because of her own intrinsic need for it to be tidy. No, but, like, for my personal experience, no, Mm -hmm. definitely not. My dad was, like, not even at the house most of the time. (laughs) But it's something that I experienced, like, Mm -hmm. being... Oh, so her saying it. Yeah, exactly. It coming from the... I see, I see what you mean. Any, Any... Thing you liked about it musically it's my favorite song I just oh really okay yeah. musically it's also one of the better songs I think like yeah. it's one of the songs that kind of stuck in my head after watching the musical um which is a very rare thing for me because most of these songs in this musical not saying that they're bad but it just didn't really leave a very strong impression I for me had the same thing you know what it is yeah. I think it's very modern it's a very modern sounding musical so like it if is. I compare it to something that is like you know um we recently talked about uh Sweeney Todd Sweeney Todd doesn't feel modern <laughs> to me um but if we talk about Come From Away this seems a lot closer to Come From Away than Sweeney Todd not just because of like the material but how it sounds like yeah 
yeah I I'm I'm glad you noticed it too I feel a little yeah so I this was my favorite song and it's my favorite song because it's a relatively light song <laughs> compared to everything else um I don't think it's necessarily the best song it's just my favorite and I think it's also very memorable which is good but I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the most emotionally moving or the best necessarily song of the of the musical I, I have a few other contenders that I think are very strong it just are less to my liking so yeah as as you said you can really see the characterization of Bruce through what the mother says so it's like oh any any book out of place could start a third world war he likes it this way you got to clean it this way it's really particular and it kind of shows you how much tension there is in the house and it's juxtaposed by the fact that like everything seems perfect because everything is clean but a lot of it is swept under the carpet and isn't actually addressed which is a bad thing I guess but yeah the the kids actually don't seem like they hate it so much they seem like they're used to it it, don't, it doesn't look like they're suffering by it which is nice and they're very obedient for kids I don't think my siblings and I would have been as really sway to do this really I totally expected that oh like, really? if they yeah if they refuse I would have been surprised for me it's just so natural that mm. you do what you're told and I feel like it's just something that's very deeply embedded in just the way I was I was raised I guess it doesn't raise suspicion in me like you can have very well-behaved kids admittedly I wasn't a very well-behaved kid but like my brother for example excellent so I just like I think on average if you look at a normal curve I think a lot of kids would be very distraught having to clean so I was just kind of surprised they all went along with it very easily and very well all right so yeah musically I think it's one of the catchier and nicer and lighter musical numbers in here so I enjoyed it and uh the mom is my favorite character as well and the fact that she has a lot of uh, singing lines is very nice uh and in the end of this uh number uh adult Allison says you know her dad and herself both grew up in the same like small town in Pennsylvania and uh he was gay and she was gay and then he killed himself so we get to understand really early on, like from the second song, what's going to go on and see the entire musicals leading up to it. Um, we can couple the next two together as well. So yeah. the next one is not too bad and we'll couple it with just had a good talk with dad. So adult Allison uh, stops the reverie that she had to give us a glimpse of the future. And then we also see medium Allison starting college and she's really, really anxious. She has a talk with her dad where she discusses her trouble fitting in with college life. So she had issues with her professors and she had issues with her classmates. And he's actually very supportive, uh, which is also a sweet moment, actually, with him, to be honest. Uh, so maybe he has a couple of sweet moments in there um, among all the other stuff. Just had a good talk with dad isn't really much of a song. But what do you think about Not Too Bad? I also really like college Allison. <laughs> She's just so cute. Um, I I do not like her as much as really? the younger one. I, the younger youngest Allison is my favorite part because all the parts with her tend to be much lighter than everything else. Oh, I mean that's because we also just enjoy light plot or light character in general. I feel yeah. like, but <laughs> I really enjoyed the college Allison because I think this is a very important period of Allison's life. Yeah, and during this time she is 
trying to figure out like who she is and going through like the identity crisis and all that stuff. So for me, what happens to Allison during this period is the most interesting part in this musical. And I guess the song "Not Too Bad" for me didn't really stand out that much, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. it's not one of the songs I'd be like, oh, I want to go back to listen to it again. Like <laughs> in fact, like. I think most of the songs from this musical are just okay, and like yeah. I said earlier, like none of them really left any strong impression to me before. And um, so yeah, I really didn't have much thought about it musically. I can't really even remember how it sounded like oh. at this point, <laughs> but I like it because it shows some level of care from Bruce to Allison. Yeah. And we can still see, at least at this point in their lives, that they still have some sort of pretty friendly and pretty positive relationship. Like watching this musical really remind myself um, of a lot of things that happened between my dad and myself, mm-hmm. and um, and this being one of them. Because when I just got into college, maybe a little bit earlier than that, like I still have a pretty nice relationship with them, and um, everything kind of changes as I went through the university years and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's because that this is the time when you actually turn from like a teenager to now an adult and now you're able to think more independently mm-hmm. and therefore that you have more conflicts with your parents or whatnot but it just seems like a very common to anybody really that this will be the period of time when you have most conflicts with your parents yeah. So between 15 to like, I don't know, 18, 19, this will be a very critical period. And um, and I think everybody has experience in that before it too. Yeah, I think 15 yeah. to 19 is correct. So like, for me, it's like more high school where you have more conflicts with your parents, um, rather than like in adulthood. I don't know if it's for everybody, but that that's what it like was for me. Yeah, definitely a critical moment. But I also think that their love for each other never waned. Like, yeah, obviously, they're both complex people, especially the dad has a lot of issues. And uh, uh, they definitely will be discussed in the musical. But I never got the sense that they never that they didn't like each other at any point. No, I don't. I didn't get that, too. Oh, okay, okay. So, like... (laughs) I just think that they misunderstood each other. And a Mm. lot of that came from not being able to fully open themselves to each other and that could be pride that could be whatever that could be like being scared to face who they are as a person and that's the interesting part right and I think I'll leave this to also my final thought I think but um just in general this is just so interesting and very relatable to some degree to me even though I'm not a part of the LGBTQ community but I feel like most of the people would be able to relate to this especially when it comes to like your relationship with your parents and mm-hmm. how do you treat each other as equal now now that you're adults mm-hmm. um, and this is extra challenging if you come from an Asian background like me I think mm-hmm. yeah um, you reminded me it, we're recording this in June um, it's not gonna come out in June but we're recording this in June so have <laughs> tried <laughs> I think it's a fitting musical I guess for Pride we didn't plan it like that but it turned out. Yeah, I can see what you mean. To be to be fair, it's definitely going to make you reflect on your own relationship with your parents, and especially your dad. And it's definitely really relatable to a lot of people because it's shown through three distinct um, timelines or uh, timestamps of her 
um, the time that she's alive. So it's showing her as a young self, her as a teenage new adult, I guess, and her as uh, middle-aged. So uh, I think it will be relatable to a lot of people. And uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, it just wanted me to like, I, I just wanted to like talk to my dad or like hug him because I don't, you don't never know how much time you have left with them. And it's just so anxiety inducing. <laughs> so yeah. Musically for the Not Too Bad, I think it's actually pretty nice. It's very short and it's going to show up as a refrain several times. And it's going to be sung not only by Allison, like in here, but her dad, Bruce, also sings it, which I think is very interesting. It shows you how similar they are as people. So it's something that is going to show up over and over again. I think it's pretty good. It's not something that I would rate super high, especially since it's so short. It doesn't leave that much of an impact. But um, if you look at it kind of like as a, as a device or a musical refrain, I think it definitely sounds good. All right, so we move on to a pretty fun song, and it's very aptly named Come to the Fun Home. Bruce runs a funeral home, and we cut to him with a client discussing caskets. So as soon as the client leaves, we find out that the kids were hiding inside the casket, and Bruce calls them out. The children kind of like practice for a commercial for the Bechtel funeral home and um, amongst themselves they also call it the fun home. So yeah, as I mentioned, it's a really, really fun song. It's like so aw, so cute. Uh, what do you think? Of it? <laughs> I also find the song super cute. I especially enjoy the sibling playing together and like come up with like some kind of a side project that they're doing or like some kind of fun activity that they're doing. I can relate it to this so much. Mm -hmm. I grew up in like a family of four kids. So I play with, like, the other three siblings all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, this just kind of brought me back to that sort of memory. So it's very, very cute. And also just the fact that they're trying to make something interesting or make something that's almost, like, fun mm -hmm. for something like Finner Home. I think it's also very brilliant. To me, almost, I don't know if I'm reading to this too much, but it almost kind of symbolizes, like, how even though that the musical, the nature of this musical is pretty heavy, but you can still try to find fun parts in this musical too. So like, this is exactly that. And I really liked it. I enjoy just watching kids going up and down, like singing to it as if it's a commercial or mm -hmm. something. And uh, yeah, musically is one of the better songs. I think it will be my maybe top favorites compared to the other ones because to be honest, most of the songs in this musical was super short. So yeah. like the last one, just had a good talk with dad. That's like, to me, that's not even a song. So it, wasn't. it actually, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. They name it uh, as a song, but like, I think they have like, maybe a line that is sang and that's it. Really it. So I really enjoy this number because it's actually a song. Yay. And it sounds pretty good. And it's a fun song to listen to and to watch the performance um, in general. Yeah. Totally. I think it's very relatable, too. I mean, you can see that these kids grew up in the funeral home because they can joke about it. And also the fact that they're 
their kids so like death is not something that they think about really it's not something that they can even imagine necessarily so uh it really just showcases that there are kids um which is really nice mm-hmm. um in terms of their sibling dynamics i also find pretty relatable i have two siblings and we all grew up together as well we're very close um even now and we all live together yeah it's very very siblings play making up performances for the parents it was in my in my case or for the family it's also something that we did a lot and yeah it's a lighthearted one so you already know how I will feel about it and it's a full stop <laughs> yeah all um, the boxes are ticked for me yes absolutely all right so from then we go to Helen's attitude so medium Allison is hesitant to go into her college's gay union and meanwhile we cut to young Allison Um, so her father hires an ex-student of his, um, his name is Roy, to do some yard work around the house. So um, Bruce seduces Roy while Allison and Mothers drowns the noise by playing piano. I just want to say straight off the bat, I feel really terrible, really, really terrible for her. Uh, but I really like the harmonizing of her and Bruce together. And in the end where everybody on stage harmonizes together it's even better so even though i feel the most amount of sympathy for her something good came out of it yeah well i also feel really bad for helen yes <laughs> the 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 mom because you obviously know that she knows what's going on but she's just trying to ignore it and the fact that she was playing piano like piano used to be something that would bring her joy and now that she had to use the piano as um kind of like um escape plan kind of like to cover it up it's just it's just sad and to be honest the whole thing kind of reminds me of Brokeback Mountain have you seen that movie no but I was about to say it reminded me of Sweeney Todd because she drowned out the murder with harmonica not harmonica harmonium yeah well it's not the same right no 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 it's not the same thing but she drowned <laughs> is, out is cheating as bad as murder I well. don't think so <laughs> No, no, of course not. But like I'm saying, it's like something that is bad that is happening and is being drowned by the sound of music. Mm-hmm. Let's not defame the sound of music. I mean, they're similar in that nature. But like in terms of what's happening here, um, definitely reminds me of all the um, LGBTQ movies. And I guess in this case, Brokeback Mountain in particular. If you haven't seen the movie, I, I strongly suggest you do. I like it. But obviously that was told from a different perspective. So you probably would have a different... Cowboys. Sorry? I thought it was about cowboys. Yeah, it is. Okay. They play the piano? No, but their wives also knew that they're uh, cheating. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. It's not about the piano, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's about the piano. It's about the yeah. wife knowing that the husband is cheating on her and like how she reacted to it. So I think... If you watch like movies like that, I feel like you are able to sympathize with the the guy, so in this case Bruce or like in Brokeback Mountain's case, um I actually forgot their names, but like you can you can sympathize with their position and like why they did what they do, um and things like that, but obviously the most innocent victim in this kind of scenarios is always the wife in there is just really no excuse. I feel really bad for her, and she deserves so much better, really. She does. She does. Yeah, and especially when, in this song, like, Bruce mentioned several times that 
he is the only one who's doing all the work when we literally just saw like Helen having to order all the children, like doing all the prep work. So Bruce is taking all the credits and he sings I a lot during this. Mm-hmm. He's like I won, I something, I this, I that. This to me implies that he's thinking about what he needs the most. So in a way, almost selfish. And he's only thinking about himself. Like he puts himself first. And he's very, I don't want to say like self-centric or like, I don't know. But I feel like it says a lot about his character. And as horrible as that is, we'll be able to explore a little bit more about like his personality, like his just in general, like his past experience, and then why is he doing this? I think it's very fair yeah. to call him self-centered because I think the musical kind of frames it that way in a sense. So it's always has to be like the way that Bruce wants them to be. We always follow the whims and wants of Bruce. Mm-hmm. And clearly he doesn't really give a damn about the whims and wants of Helen or even what his daughter wants in several ways. And we'll see it coming up in the party dress, for example. Um, so right. I don't think it's it will be unfair to call okay, good. I just don't want to be too mean. <laughs> All right, so I'm actually going to group the next three together because two of these aren't really songs. So, um, the next sequence is Thanks for the Care Package, Party Dress, which I just mentioned, and Changing My Major that I mentioned before. So um, we cut to medium Allison. Uh, she thanks her parents for sending a care package to her college. Did you receive any care packages? Because I know you didn't go to college at home, by the way. Um, sometimes, I guess. Really? Okay, I commuted to college, so I never received any care packages. My care package was oh. <laughs> my home. But I was just wondering if it was actually a thing. I was uh, curious. I didn't know that there's a term for it, to be honest. But my mom <laughs> sent me, like, mooncakes. For oh, Chinese and Moon Festival, and that's oh. it. The, okay, so once a year, you got a care package. Oh, no, that's that just one time during my oh. freshman year, and that's oh. it. Okay, okay. Yeah, so What's better than nothing, though? It is a thing. Okay, I was yeah. just wondering. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she receives the care package, she writes them a letter thanking them, but she doesn't come out as gay to them, even though she knows that she's gay at this point. So um, she and a girl she met at the gay union, her name is uh, Joan, are in her room. So Allison offers to paint a poster for Joan's rally. And on top of running the funeral home, we find out that Bruce is also an English teacher and sends Allison books to read. So one of the books he sent her is about a lesbian. It's called Colette, I believe. So um, Joan misunderstood and she thought that um, Bruce knew that Allison is gay. But Allison says that she only recently figured it out herself. So she hasn't told him yet at all. So um, it also really looks like Allison is crushing on Joan during this, uh, this scene. But then we cut to the next scene, which is young Allison getting ready for a party. So um, her dad makes her put on a girly dress. And Allison wants to wear boy clothing, but her father guilts her into keeping, keep wearing the dress. So we also then cut back to medium Allison. Essentially, Joan invites her to a party and Allison is anxious about going because she doesn't know if she will fit in. So then Allison tries to like reason that she might not even be gay. She might not be even attracted to women. And then Joan kisses her and they end up sleeping together. So when Allison wakes up um, with Joan in her bed, she reflects on the experience. 
Okay, so the only real song in here is Changing My Major, unless you do want to comment about the singing in any of the other parts. Um, so what are your thoughts? I just want to comment another thing on uh, the middle age, not middle age, but like the medium, <laughs> the medium <laughs> Allison, <laughs> because she's just so cute and innocent. I feel like if you are a lesbian or bisexual, like you can really relate to some of her experience here. I feel like that's probably how um, some of uh, you guys would like find out and how you would react to this kind of news. So just for me, it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, um, and mm-hmm. sorry, do you have something to say? No, I just wanted to say that I think actually her relationship with Joan is really sweet because Joan yeah. has been very nice to her the entire musical. And then I looked her up afterwards to see if they got married or anything and they didn't, so I was a bit sad. Oh, no, we just broke. Oh <laughs> my God, I thought they totally end up together. Okay. I thought so too. I was like, oh my God, there's like, she's so sweet to her. Joan has been nice to her the entire time, but they don't have, yeah. end up like married or anything. So yeah. Oh. Oh, that broke my heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like the musical is only a very short version of what happened and uh, things like, can happen in real life. Flips from her life, honestly. Yeah. Well, with a broken heart, that's common <laughs> on the party dress. <laughs> so about this song, this song is interesting in so many levels. And for me, what like always really gets me the most in this is just how Allison sings like maybe not right now. Mm. And not just about, like, changing the clothes, but also about arguing with her father. Like, the same way, this is the same line. Helen, like, her mom, sings to herself when she decides not to confront Bruce about Mm -hmm. his, like, affair with Roy. And then when the little L, like, memory comes up as, like, I guess the medium L is coming out, like, she changes from, like, mimicking her mom's maybe not right now to... I want, I want, I want, yeah. which is like the line Bruce sings when he was like praying himself in the mirror, like with the, with the browsing stick. I did not notice this. Oh my God. That's so interesting. Yeah. And, that's very clever. Uh, yeah. Very, very nice. Okay. Moving on to changing <laughs> my major. Mm-hmm. All right. So narratively, I enjoy the cute and the awkwardness in the song, but musically it's just not something I enjoy completely so mm-hmm. when I say that I don't enjoy the song I hope that it will not be misunderstood as like something that's like against what's happening to Allison here um, narratively mm-hmm. it's just more so like on a musical level it's just not something I enjoy very much but um, like her monologue in this song is just so cute and I feel like it's just such a lesbian experience mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, so I appreciate the song definitely on a narrative level, but just the lyrics are a little bit too much for me. They That's are very explicit. Too. Yeah, they yeah. literally just scream like sex with Joan, and I just didn't really enjoy it. I don't like yeah. how it's related to sex in a very explicit way. Yeah, she's very descriptive. Yes. <laughs> I'll give her that in the lyrics, and I don't know, I just personally I know we can come off as like a little bit prudish here I swear to god we're not (laughs) but it just like you have preferences and just growing up when it's stuff that is never I don't know discussed I don't know if it was very open about everything like that around your house but definitely not here I don't think this is something that is discussed in society necessarily at all and I don't know I just don't see the need for it to be discussed either Especially not to the 
level that she does here. So that's what detracted it for me. I didn't mind it melodically. I think it's actually one of the more memorable songs melodically because it is, again, full length. And I think, like, I can appreciate that this is a very important moment for Allison as a parent, as a person, and I'm happy that she has this really important moment for her. But yeah, I just like the lyrics were a bit too much for me. <laughs> yeah, I I completely completely agree. But yeah, I'm glad that she that we never actually get to see a lot of like homophobia um, that Allison experienced or anything like that. I think it's like painting a more um, inclusive and happy environment to be I open think- about. Yeah, maybe it will be too much to include all that. And since, like, the emphasis of this musical will be towards, like, the father-daughter relationship and how mm-hmm. they each handle their identity as, like, a homosexual, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a reason that it wasn't included much or it wasn't addressed in the musical. Maybe she experienced That's fair. I'm that. glad she didn't, yeah. she didn't say anything because I feel like it's probably... Um, it's it's showing like a rosy color life when like being uh, LGBTQ is not necessarily equated with suffering, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that's actually very. I I enjoy that they didn't include anything yeah. like that. There are but, a lot of other musicals that they do, and it's really important. But it's also important to show the joy of it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. But uh, one thing though, so like about how explicit the lyrics are, mm-hmm. I just I wish that they didn't paint it this way. Because I feel like a lot of people already associate the LGBTQ community with, like, the the sexual part yeah. of it. And I wish that it wasn't so explicitly connected to the sex part. I know because, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would, I really enjoy even just watching, like, the interaction between Allison and Joan, like, as it is. And They're the so fact that they are able to support each other on them spiritual and like the mental level is just absolutely good enough to be able to be like okay I'm convinced you know and I don't feel like we need a separate number to just shout out the sex part but that's just how I see it because for me it's not always related to that like you don't need to have great sex to like realize who you love or like what you want in life and yeah. that could totally come from a, a deeper connection um oh my gosh <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> oh. but that could totally come from a, a connection like between one person to another on like the spiritual level I had the exact same thought but I had it about something else so Um, we later on find out that her father sleeps with a lot of men and some of the, um, some of the men that he sleeps with are underage. So he sleeps with boys. And I feel like that's also some kind of, uh, I mean, I know this is based on her actual dad, but this is also something that I feel like is a bit of a, like, it's, it's a negative cliche about like gay men being predators, um, that has been very, um, vocal in the media in the past especially so um, seeing something like that and the connection like that also I thought was uncomfortable to see as a viewer not to mention of course that it's illegal and horrible thing to do yeah. um, <laughs> but like just from a narrative sp- standpoint and how it's something that has been highlighted in the past um, and used to oppress uh, the community as well I feel like it's uh, it's an issue 
but I mean because it's based on her actual real life I don't feel like we have much to say like we cannot paint it in a different way uh, than what it is and the fact that they decided to um, she just it's so this musical is based on like an autobiographical comic book that she has of herself and I think she published it in 20 in 2006 so it's based on her own events that she has drawn and mm-hmm. I guess if she decided to include it I haven't read the book but if she decided to include it in the book then uh, it's totally up to her right it's her life yeah um all right I'm glad you mentioned the thing about the party dress because I didn't catch it at all and it sounds super interesting um all right so let's put the next two together actually so the next two are left out of the closet and map so we find out the four months after committing uh, coming out to her parents her dad committed suicide so very shortly after and she kind of reflects on how everything is so close in proximity to all the events are close in proximity to each other and then in maps we cut to young allison uh, who has an assignment of making maps um, of all the locations she and her family has visited so she asks her parents about where they've been and her father takes a look at the assignment and tries to guilt her quite aggressively to do things his way rather than her own way and in the end allison kind of gives in And adult Allison then reflects that even though her father traveled and was stationed in Germany for the Cold War, his entire life could be placed in their little small town in Pennsylvania. Maps show you what is simple and true. Try laying out a bird's eye view. Not what he told you, just what you see. What do you know that's not your dad's mythology? Dad was born on this farm. Here's our house. Here's the spot where he died. I can draw a circle. His whole life fits inside. For I leaped out of the closet... I know that this is based off real life already and it makes sense that the characters are well written, but yeah. it's just very painfully accurate. The acting, like the awkward silence, the guilt tripping, the childish ego issues, that sort of stuff is just so relatable. And again, in some way it reminds me of my parents, so not my dad mm-hmm. alone, but also my mom. When he started saying that, okay, this is good, but let me show you how to make it better. This passive aggressiveness is like always like implying almost that you're not good enough. It's Mm -hmm. almost like saying that it's okay being where you are right now in a way that makes you feel like there is room to grow. And obviously there's always room to grow, but like they're making it in a sound like in a way that's like, you're not good enough. You need to be better. You can't be better. And let me show you how to be better. And um, for me, at least, so I'm, go- I'm going to only speak from my personal experience. Like It's <laughs> always kind of some sort of pressure because I always feel like I'm not good enough. And mm-hmm. no matter like whenever I have to present something or like I bring my ideas forward or something, now I'm always worried about the criticism part. Like mm-hmm. I'm always worried about them telling me like, oh, that's a good thought. But and there's always the but but this is what I think. And then this is the better way. This is the more accurate way, the faster way, whatever. And as a child, for me, this is so 
hurting like I'm always so deeply hurt whenever like my parents trying to tell me that I'm not good enough I know it's not their intentions probably but that's just the message I receive as a child and um, now that I grew up and I'm an adult now and I try to look <laughs> and I try to look through Thanks a for different the clarification <laughs> Um, so for my dad's generation, it's really hard for them to accept a new way of thinking, especially when you're being pointed out by their children, kind of. Um, so the pride or whatever it is, like kind of makes it really hard, especially in my culture, too. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of Canadian friends who have a very friendly relationship with their parents and they kind of treat each other like friends. And I also have a lot of other friends, not just Asians, but also like, I guess, from all sorts of culture where they just don't have that. So if you have a friendly relationship with your parents, that's good for you. That's really great. But most of the time, like, I just don't feel like I was ever like an equal um, whenever I talked to my parents. So this is just a part that makes me feel like it's very relatable. Yeah, I mean, totally. To be honest, I don't have too many thoughts of I left out of the closet, except for the fact that it's really obvious how aggressively, passive aggressive he is towards her. And it does sound like it's very hurtful. He did the same thing that he did in party dress, where um, he kind of tried to guilt her into doing what's right and withholding his like approval or love and affection in order to control her actions. Um, it did sound, it did look and sound very slimy to me and not like great parenting. And even like the mother or Helen tries to intervene saying like, oh, it's just a drawing. It really doesn't matter. Um, but he has to have things his way. Yeah. It just very sad in his ways. So it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to watch in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And for maps, it's almost came in retaliation to what just happened. It's like, her trying to get even in a way she's like oh you know all of this happened to you but in the end your life is so small that's at least how I read it I don't know if this is how you read it as well yeah your life is so small it didn't really amount to much it seemed almost vindictive to me when I listened to it I was like oh um and I was pretty taken aback but you do see that she's going through some kind of an emotional moment there definitely and every time I hear the line like I could draw a circle like yeah. the whole life fits inside like it just I just get chills it really for me highlights the tragedy of Bruce's life mm-hmm. because he was an intelligent man who at least from my point of view wanted to see the world and mm-hmm. do a lot more than he ended up doing and that because of family responsibilities and I guess the expectation of the time that he ended up in the loveless marriage trying to hide his sexuality and take mm-hmm. out his anger over on his family yeah and eventually dying the small town that he was born in so make suicide too yeah 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 so it's definitely tragic and allison was able to talk about how different her life and her father's life is um she got to live like many different places and have a life when she was open about her sexuality where her dad didn't have that and ultimately may have killed him, right? And the circle, it's like the constraint and almost like a cell too that he can never leave. And having the thought of that is just, makes me really sad at the same time. Like it's something that makes you sad, makes you angry, 
mm-hmm. but you don't know who to take it out to. Like you don't、yeah. know who to be angry about. Yeah, when I was thinking about, it, I was looking at the timeline. If I'm not mistaken, she went to college and therefore came out around、um, 1980. And again, if I'm not mistaken, it was around the time of the AIDS epidemic. So it was a very difficult time, I guess, to be LGBTQ、um, as well.、Uh, so the fact that she managed to do it despite living in a very different and difficult time. To be LGBT is also very admirable、mm-hmm. because it's not really highlighted, you know, the the exact years or the exact timeline of what happens. But looking into it and trying to put it into perspective, you know, it's not like it was that much more expect accepting of a timeline where she came out. So just I guess more shows the difference in personality that they have.、Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair to say or if that's a bit harsh, but I can't think that it was very easy for her. Even though maybe she would have different kind of support, but also when you think about it, like it's highlighted that everybody in the town knows that Bruce is gay, but they don't say anything about it really, or or nothing comes of it. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I I don't want to speak to the amount of support that happens or how difficult her life was um in the time she came out because I don't know. But regardless, I don't think it was easy for her. Mm-hmm. All right, so we go to well, a couple of the next two as well. So it's read a book and raincoat of love, and they kind of like flow right into each other. So、um, Bruce spots one of his students walking、um, back into his home, and、uh, he decides to give him a ride. So、um, he gives him a beer, and it was really evident that he was going to make a move on him. And then the student mentions that he's a junior in high school, so I guess he's about like. 16 years old, 15, 16. So then,、um, small Allison watches TV, and the dad angrily asks her to turn it off and read a book instead, which is in direct opposite of what happened last episode with Matilda. But、um, we learned that he's going to a psychiatrist, so he must go because he was arrested for giving alcohol to a minor, and was also heavily implied that he ended up sleeping with a student. Because the mother thought that Helen thought that they might have to move. So after that, we flow to Raincoat of Love.、Um, Bruce comes back from the therapy session, yelling at his wife and ripping library books and damaging other items in the house. And Allison drowns out the yelling by singing and fantasizing. Her family gets along and sing, all sing together. So, what do you think? Very loaded. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really have too much to say about read a book. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, just pretty much just that. And for Rainbow Love, it just makes me so sad because it's such a happy song.、Mm-hmm. If you don't know the context, it's just a very chill song to listen to. But if you put it to the context, it's just Allison trying to block out. All the bad stuff going on, and she's、um, trying to imagine her family to be this one big happy family. And at the end of the song, the scene turns into Bruce at the courthouse, being charged with like I guess giving alcohol on the minor, like you said. 
And when he says, like, everything is all right, he's trying to calm himself down before he takes the stand. So musically, it's really good. I like how it sounds, which happens very rarely for this musical especially, but the context is just very sad. Yeah. At first, I listened to it through Spotify before I watched the entire thing, so I felt very differently about the song. I was like, oh, happy song, goody. Um, and then I looked at it um, when I finally did like the watching, and I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, as a standalone, I like the song as incorporated into the entire musical. It's just so sad, so tragic that she literally has to go to the length of imagining her family getting along mm-hmm. and have to drown the sound like Helen drowned the sound with a piano. She is drowning it by singing. It's just very sad. It's kind of like, it again reminded me of Matilda when she tried to like lie and say like everything is okay and my family loves me very much. It gave me the same vibes. Um, so yeah, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah. Why did they have to do this? It was such a nice, fun song before. <laughs> All right, so from here we go to, um, I'm trying to think how we can parse this, because a lot of these are not exactly songs, they're like a few lines of singing. Maybe we can just skip it, because if it's not a song, I don't feel like there is too much to discuss, to be honest. Unless um, narratively there's something you want to talk about. Yeah, so we do have a lot of narrative stuff to, <laughs> to cover here, and it also highlights, I guess, kind of like how poor of a dad Bruce can be sometimes so I do think it's something that we should touch about on and maybe if there is if there are a few like scenes that are more musically interesting to you you can bring it up and with the actual song so I'll just name them uh, as an FYI so we're going to be um, kind of going through Clueless in New York, Pony Girl, A Flare for the Dramatics and then we'll discuss Ring of Keys in more detail. So um, narratively what happens is young Allison and her siblings are in New York with Bruce and Bruce urges the kids to go to sleep. But Allison wakes up in the middle of the night to see Bruce sneaking out, you know, dressed kind of for a club. He lies and says that um, he's just going to get a newspaper and be right back. Uh, But it's understood that most likely he's going to go have an affair with somebody. So in order to get Allison to go back to sleep, he sings to her a lullaby. And then we cut to medium Allison. So um, Bruce responds to Allison's coming out letter, and we find that Allison's mom is upset, but Bruce is dismissive of Allison, calling it kind of like experimentation. And Allison is really upset by this, and Joan kind of tries to comfort her. Again, Joan being a very good girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and then the one who will actually discuss, Ring of Keys. So young Allison and Bruce are sitting in a diner where she sees a delivery lady who is a butch. And she can identify with her, but doesn't actually quite understand why. Your swagger and your bearing and just right clothes you're wearing. Your short hair and your dungarees and your lace. I mean, I think Ring of Keys is really cute. I like all of Young Allison's songs. Honestly, I actually like her acting and singing-wise out of the three Allison's two, not just like her narrative points. Um, I was very impressed 
with her as a kid doing the kind of like vocal works that she does and it's really well um showcased in Ring of Keys which is kind of like her only solo that is unique to her I think I wasn't sure if to interpret it as kind of like her first crush or if yeah she... probably yeah like, so I wasn't it's sure. definitely something like the first attraction that she felt I wasn't sure about that because I wasn't sure if like this is an attraction that she has or if this is something that like oh somebody who is like me you know oh I see what you mean maybe it's both maybe yeah maybe it's both that that's yeah. a good compromise <laughs> um but yeah I think um my sister listened to three songs I think from the musical this is one of them and I think it's her favorite and I think it's actually one of the better songs in here as well not only because it's sweet but also because it's memorable and it's a full length and yeah I just like Young Allison's narrative and I think it's also like a very cute thing to showcase either first crush or somebody you can identify with it's not something you see all that much in a musical theater you see like a love at first sight disney-esque which i am actually very partial to but first crush from like a childhood perspective is not something you see very frequently and i think it's it's a nice addition definitely like this song just captures that moment of identification too the amount of emotion and confusion that comes with the song is just absolutely brilliant mm. and it's a very amazing song um i feel like like you said earlier it's going to mean so much especially to the younger generation of lgbtq yes i totally agree um okay so i think i'll couple the next three as well or i'll put them all together because they kind of flow um and two of them aren't really songs I don't know what they're listed as songs uh, but a lot of these are like they're song of literally one line I was like okay you really wanted to pad out the amount of songs you have here didn't yeah. you uh okay so we're going to cover let me introduce you to my gay dad shortly after we were married and days and days and days and days is the actual song so um, Medium Allison calls home to ask what Bruce really thinks about her letter because it didn't, he didn't really address it. Um, so he tries to avoid talking about it. So Allison asks him to put her mother on the phone. So Allison confronts Helen um, and Helen is cautioning her against being gay. At least that's what I understood from it. Um, she then reveals that Bruce had many affairs with both men and boys throughout their entire marriage. And Allison tells um, Joan about this entire thing. So we see Bruce is really distraught um, and he doesn't really remember what happened uh, with Allison's other siblings. So he picks a fight with Allison's mom again. And while adult, Allison kind of like admonishes herself for not paying more attention and thinking about you know, her beginning being Bruce's end. So she kind of like reflects on the fight that they're having and she's like, there are a lot of warning signs here. Mm -hmm. So then um, Medium, Allison and Joan go back to Allison's home and uh, Bruce and Allison's mom are very, very welcoming towards them. Um, so Joan excuses herself so Allison and her mom could talk um, alone. And um, we find out that Bruce has been sending Allison many letters now. Um, he also bought a new rundown shed kind of place, which he works on obsessively. And he doesn't take care of himself. He doesn't take breaks. Uh, he doesn't eat in the process of taking care of the shed. 
So Allison's mother tells Allison about a story from their honeymoon where Bruce blew up at her out of nowhere after um, going to meet an army buddy of his. Um, and she let her discover that uh, that army buddy was Bruce's lover. Days and days and days, that's how it happens. Days and days and days, made of posing and bragging and fits of rage. And boys, my God, some of them underage. And oh, how did it all happen here? Before we begin, I just want to say that I really, really, really like Helen's clothing. It's very strange. <laughs> That's such a random point. It's it's random, but it's exactly my style. <laughs> it's very dark academia-esque. She has like this nice like um plaid pants and a flowy white top. And honestly, it's very dark academia. It's very nice. But yes, now we go back to the songs. Right. So I guess before we go back to the um the actual song, I just want to say something about let me introduce you to my gay dad. I find it very interesting that when people open up to someone else about who they actually are, they expect it to be accepted right away as if like the other people are not allowed to take the time to process in this information. And I'm not saying that they are wrong, but I just find it interesting that this seems to be the trend of like, you know, if I come out of the closet, then I expect my parents to... Maybe not everyone is like that, but at least like the vibe that I got was like she is very eager to have her parents accept her right away. And mm. I'm not sure if she ever thought about like this would come as a shock to her parents, especially in that generation. And like I know that they didn't really respond to her letter directly, mm-hmm. but um, I'm imagining that this would take more than one month to process and to be able to decide like what they're going to do with the information before they can group their thoughts together and then properly respond to her letter one month is a long time though i don't know (laughs) i don't know it's one month a long time for something that is directly not challenging your value but like something that is so different than what you used to know like would you think Mm -hmm. one month is enough for somebody to accept that I mean, honestly, I think, again, I don't really have a context of the timeline that's happening because we never lived through that kind of time, right? But oh, I, that's true. Yeah, I would be hopeful it would happen instantaneously. <laughs> I don't know. And just for me, it. It, it would mm-hmm. take more than that, definitely. And I understand if people need to take more than that to process all that information and, and to really take it in, to digest it, and then to properly communicate their feelings um, with point. Alexin. So, yeah, I just think that when we're so excited that we finally found out about who we are, like, it's important to also acknowledge that this is new information to us. And, like, if you're the person who found your identity, you probably spent a lot of time thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. And we finally decided, oh my God, this is who I am. You already spent so much time and effort to think about that and come to a conclusion. But other people didn't know that. So if you didn't share this journey with anybody else, especially your parents, and you just came up with a conclusion and be like, hey, and then drop the bomb. Like, don't you think that 
it will take them time to relearn things about you. I understand like wanting to give them time and I think it's totally fair but I don't know I feel like it's so it's not consequential to them or their relationship at all like why does it matter who she likes I don't know I just I, feel I, like I get your point and mm. I think it's normal for us to think like that especially with the education that we had That's but it's just for them I can understand like it would not be as easy I can see it, what you mean yeah. for sure like accepting it in the first place especially like Helen with her own hang-ups and Bruce with his um mm-hmm. you know relationship to his identity it's definitely a different matter for them but as a as a other like is a general idea honestly I don't really think that that much time is necessary but in this case for sure and unfortunately Alison didn't know any of it like she has no idea about Bruce at all so she has no reason to believe it, which is maybe why it's more understanding why she asked for a response more quickly. Um, all right, so that was the... Let me introduce you to my gay, gay dad, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and Days and Days, oh my God, just that yeah. sad song. It's very emotional. Yes. I, <laughs> I really feel bad for Helen. I have nothing but respect for Helen. I really hope that she would come to realize that her life means more than just her relationship with Bruce. Obviously, I feel bad for Bruce too, but it just I hate it when they lied about who they are and marry someone else just so that it fit into the society, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, not saying that it's their fault. It's a society issue. And right. I acknowledge the pressure that they're under but then the women who are lied to and then ended up having to spend the rest of their lives with someone who didn't even love them to begin with are really the real victims here. Yeah, yeah that's my I thought. I completely agree. Is it your favorite, by the way? <sighs> this is so heartbreaking. I don't know if I should name it my favorite. <laughs> Do you have but, a favorite? Now uh, be hard. I think it will have to come between come to a fun home and maybe mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So this is, in my opinion, the best song in the musical, yeah. but it's not my favorite. My favorite is Welcome to Our House on Maple Avenue, which is checked in here. She sings that melody many times, and it's kind of like to show that um, she puts up a front of it seeming okay, but she actually knows everything, and she knew pretty much right after the marriage. So she was deceived to go into this marriage, um, Bruce at the time seemed very sweet. He was very intellectual. He read books. They had a good time together. And then during their honeymoon, he already started being kind of emotionally abusive towards her by screaming at her and taking out all of his anger at her for no fault of her own. And yeah, seeing her waste many, many years of her life, even though she got like three wonderful kids, I'm sure, out of it. And she probably, I, I don't want to speak you know, on her behalf, but you probably wouldn't have it any other way because of the kids. Um, It's really, really sad to see because she is a phenomenal person and she doesn't deserve all of it, any of it. And yeah, Helen is is my favorite (laughs) in this, so I'm very biased to her favor, but I just felt horrible for her the entire time because we never see her doing anything badly. I guess arguably the, the worst that she has done is not accept Alison necessarily or kind of like admonishing her for coming out 
But in the end of the song, or at least that's what I understand, understood from it, she's like, oh, don't be like him, don't come back. So, like, don't repeat his mistakes, be you. Yeah. That's at least what I got from it, but it was it was kind of ambiguous, I wasn't sure. So the fact that she still finds it within herself to be strong and to be supportive of her children is very admirable to me. And musically, she was just phenomenal. She was lovely to yeah. hear. Lovely definitely. to hear. Uh, the best singer, definitely, in the in the musical. And we watched the U.S. national tour, by the way. I think it was from 2017. I'm not sure if this ever made it to Broadway. I know it was definitely there pre-Broadway, and I know there was a U.S. national tour. I might check that later. But that's what we watched. All right. So, from here, it's only going to start getting heavier and heavier, essentially. We'll probably couple the next two. So you're ready to go for that drive and telephone wire. So uh, Bruce is entertaining Joan by playing the piano and telling stories. And then he goes on a drive with adult Allison. So um, even though up until now everything happened was with medium Allison, medium Allison kind of disappears into the background. And the person that Bruce goes on a drive with is adult Allison. So... It's kind of like everything that is happening is from adult Allison's perspective, even though she's reflecting on what happened then. So um, adult Allison is making herself to say something to him. So like she's trying really hard to think about how to bring the topic up of the shared identity. And um, she tries to make herself do it. She's like, oh, I'll do it by this point or I'll do it by that point. And Bruce also tries to, like, kind of have a conversation with her. He tries to, like, say, oh, I know a bar uh, we can go to, but um, she's not 21 yet. So they just drive aimlessly without really a destiny in mind. Bruce opens up about his own experience being gay eventually and also talk about his new renovation project. And then um, adult Allison knows that this is the very last time they talk before Bruce commits suicide and she desperately wants to prolong the conversation, but it's already done, so she cannot. Telephone wire, long black line. Telephone wire, finely threaded sky. There's the pond where I went waiting. There's a sign for Sugar Valley on the mountain. Light is fading. I go back to school tomorrow. Say something. Talk to him. Say something. Anything. At the light, at the light, at the light, at the light. At the light, at the light, at the light, at the light. Doesn't matter what you say. Just make the fear in his eyes go away. Heavy song to listen to. Yeah. The awkwardness that I shared in the car is so real. Um, <laughs> they obviously don't know much about each other. Musically, it's pretty good. But, man, I think because emotionally it's so heavy that it makes it, it makes me really hard to go back to and listen to it again. Yeah. It's really never too late to trying to establish a relationship with your parents and you know like sometimes it's just too late when you decide to do something so mm -hmm. and I guess like with COVID and everything like it's something the world has learned in the past year or so is that if you really truly care about someone 
Um, and even though you might disagree on some issues over the other, like even though you might be angry at each other for whatever reason,、mm-hmm. if you know that this will be the last conversation you have with that person, then make the most out of it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I felt exactly the same way you did about、yeah. this. It's pretty difficult song to listen to. Almost impossible. How earnestly. She genuinely wants for this moment to never end because she doesn't want to lose her father,、um, and you can see the desperation in her whenever this happens.、Um, it is nice to have like the few moments when they kind of like share their experiences. So like she talks about how she prefers wearing boys' clothes. He talked about his、um, you know schoolmate as a fourteen-year-old. And they kind of like have their shared experience growing up. So the fact that they were able to have that conversation is nice, but it really、um, is overtaken it by the end and the desperation that she has in wanting him to not be gone.、Um, it was too <laughs> harsh, in my opinion, to like comment or listen to all that much.、Um, so yeah, it's just not something that I really. Unliked to listen to because of that, and there are harsh songs. Like I don't think Day by Day is very, you know, happy-go-lucky song, and neither is、um, This is What I Have of You or Edges of the World. One of these, the Bruce's solo、uh, before he dies is also a very difficult song. But I think this one I could listen to it more repeatedly、um, for some reason. But this one is just a bit too difficult. <laughs> All right, so. Then we go to it was great to have you home, and、um, edges of the world. So we'll couple them together. So、um, it was great to have you at home. Bruce writes a letter to Allison saying it was great to have her back home, and then Bruce reflects on his life by comparing it to the old shed he's been working on、um, and trying to renovate. And by the end of the song, he commits suicide、uh, by standing in front of a moving truck. So, what are your thoughts? So, it seems to me that he killed himself because he wants a free life that Allison has, and he knows that he cannot have. The reason why that I had this thought was because the line that says that it's harder when you're older、mm-hmm. to begin. So, I like the fact that they have they represents. The conflict in Bruce's mind, using like the holes and cracks and the pipes in the house,、mm-hmm. and、um, and the fact that he is trying to keep it up for decades, and then now they're just completely crumbling is such a brilliant metaphor. And maybe he didn't feel like he had a chance, he had the opportunity anymore. But I guess I just didn't think that it has to come down to that, you know. I guess we all hoped that things would have turned out differently. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a very good song, apart from the fact that it's very powerful moment and kind of like the emotional peak of the musical. Musically, it sounds very good. It's pretty memorable, and it has a lot of callbacks to previous moments. Like、um, one of the one of the lines is, "I can't find my way through. I might still break a heart or two." He sang it to one of the、uh, men he was seducing. So it's a very good culmination of what happened up until now, and you really do get to see the mental struggle of him going from optimistic to there is no hope, and、um, eventually committing suicide. 
it's it's kind of a good or interesting debate that goes yeah. through his mind um yeah because the lyrics are co- so contradicting each other but it is a very difficult moment to see and it's definitely a very difficult moment to listen to and the actor is doing a fantastic job whenever this is addressed so i was very impressed with the acting for this i didn't really have much written about it because it's so it just speaks for itself in a lot of ways yeah. all right so i think um we'll close with the next one it's kind of like a more bittersweet or optimistic even way to do it so um the next two is this is what i have for you and flying away so allison talks about the collection of memories she drew of her father in kind of a closure act um and then she writes the beginning of the play where she asks bruce to play airplane and all three of her versions of herself sing together all right. Any thoughts about the final? I appreciate how like the all three versions of Allison's come together and sing. Same. I think it's very adorable and very. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very nice arrangement. Um. Yeah, I appreciate the callback as well. I like that it all kind of closes together, uh, very nicely in a way. Um. And also, I appreciate it ends on a less bitter note is what could have been it could have been on a more uplifting note but uh that's fine still Uh, i just i'm happy that we didn't close with bruce's solo yeah i guess do you want to give us your final thoughts okay so this musical is like an emotional roller coaster for me i think it's a very relatable one to a (laughs) lot of people just because relationship with your parents is something like you said universal and we can all relate to at one point or the other so yeah for me I see a lot of my past experience in this musical even though that technically Allison and and me like we have very different lives but I can still see a shadow of my past experience in this musical so I'm sure that for somebody especially the LGBTQ community like this will hit extra hard and mm-hmm. <laughs> and it will strike you with like even more emotions so it's something that would require a lot of emotional energy and an investment to it and um and yeah, I think everyone can find a little bit of themselves in this musical for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I had a pretty similar experience to you. It's a very heavy, hard-hitting musical. Definitely one of the most genuine musicals of recent times. There's more talking about like real life, which mm-hmm. is honestly not what I gravitate towards. And for me, like musicals is a lot of escapism or um viewing something a life that is not your own and you would be interested in and also as an art um so like i really appreciate musicals that have complex musical numbers in them or beautiful stage design or costuming um so i can't say i was the person that this musical was created for in mind um, but nevertheless, there are definitely relatable themes here. Um, again, you can always relate to, you know, your interaction with your caretaker, your parents, and reflect on that. Um, other other aspects of, you know, your living, for example, your college years or your first crush or your interaction with your siblings, which are um, more common 
which is pretty nice. Even if you're not in the LGBTQ community, you still will see an aspect of it in yourself. Yeah, and I think it's also a pretty big moment to um, see um, an LGBTQ stage like this. So I don't know yeah. how many there are. There aren't that many from what I, I can think, maybe about like three or four from the top of my mind. And a lot of them are revolving around um, gay men rather than mm-hmm. women. So mm-hmm. I think that can also be a powerful moment in yes. presentation, uh, which is really nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see something based on a real person. <laughs> yeah, actually see it and comment about it. And uh, from my understanding, she definitely approves of the musical. So it's very, very good to see. All okay. right. Final rating? Yes. Okay, I'm going to feel kind of mean <laughs> giving my final <laughs> rating but that's again I just want to say it's because of my ob- my subjective entertainment value and from from the musical and the musical is not written for me in mind again I like fantasy I like happy so keep that in I can, mind I can see that you're trying very hard to justify it <laughs> <laughs> you're trying very hard to justify keep that in mind okay it has absolutely no value objective value about the musical and it's in its own <laughs> So um, I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 pianos. Okay, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I gave it the same as Sweeney Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, to be honest, I kind of expected like a 2 or something for Sweeney. So the fact that you gave it above a 5, I'm already very impressed. Listen, the music was so good in Sweeney, so good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, for me, I would give it a 6.5. Part of the reason is because the music is really not something I vibe with too yeah. much, um, which is such a shame because the theme is so good. And I, like I said, I think everybody can find a piece on themselves in this musical. And for me, it just emotionally is just such a powerful musical. But music wise, it was, I don't want to say the word disappointing, but it was definitely not meeting what I was having in mind. Um, And I really hoped the music would have been closer to my taste, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that falls short um, for me personally. Yeah, I I definitely think that's very fair. Um, Musically, there are a few really good songs. In my opinion, they are very modern So if you're more of a classic 80s or 70s musical lover, it might be a bit disorienting to you. And I'm definitely more of a classic musical person myself. And I think you you are the same, Claire. Um, I can do modern. We can can do modern. Matilda is modern. But um, it also has a non-modern structure because not everything is a song. I think we had another musical like that. Maybe not quite as much with like the lack of straightforward songs but at least like an echo of it though I don't remember exactly which one at the moment but this is definitely modern in 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 the fact that not everything is a song and not the songs are not like straightforward um as well as the actual unique sound and that's part of the issue the structural issue yeah so yeah I can I can relate to that um as well so yeah I think uh overall the musical I am going to speak for myself, actually. The musical is actually <laughs> good. It's it's a good musical. It just it's very heavy. If you go into the theater not knowing what to expect, it might be a very powerful moment for you. And uh, depending on how 
your personality. It might be to your liking or might not be to your liking, but I still think it's a well-made musical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So we will see you guys next time. But if you do want to discuss anything related to um, Fun Home or anything related to any previous musical we covered, uh, if you want to share your own experience listening to Fun Home, uh, especially if you're LGBTQ, we'd love to hear it. And you can contact us at Podway Podcast on Reddit, Instagram and Twitter. uh, Or you can also email us at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thank you all so much for listening and hopefully to see you guys in the next episode. All right. Bye. Bye.